Bhagavad Gita is a book of mankind's collected experience of and answers to life's most basic questions. Who I am? From where do I come? What is my purpose and destiny? And most practically, how do I find happiness? These podcasts originate in the lectures of Neil Bhatt, a disciple of Swami Chinmayananda. They are presented here in 20 to 30 minute segments, each covering three of the Gita's 701 verses. Welcome to Gita Wisdom for Daily Living. So we had been discussing chapter 18, Moksha Sannyasa Yoga, Yoga of Liberation Through Renunciation. We are at the end of Bhagavad Gita, we have discussed 17 chapters. This is like a work plan we are making for ourselves. What is work strategy? Work strategy is capabilities plus opportunity is work strategy. So we have seen our capabilities in chapter 2, that this self is indestructible, only the body is destructible. And then we have seen what are our opportunities. If we can align with that Supreme Self versus right now that I'm identified with this limited being called ego, this body, mind and intellect, then I have a chance to achieve my goal of a perennial happiness, unlimited happiness. Right now because I'm identified with this limited self, my happiness is also limited. There are limited capabilities, limited opportunities, therefore limited outcome. But I do have an opportunity to align myself with the unlimited self, the unconditioned self. Then my opportunities will be unlimited, therefore I will have the unlimited happiness. That's what we have learned so far in Bhagavad Gita. Now we are making a work plan. So right from the beginning of this chapter, we have seen that Arjun asked a question about what is renunciation and tyaga. From the overall discourse, we have come to the conclusion that the only way to achieve the moksha, the liberation, is by giving up things, not acquiring things, by tyaga and sannyasa only. So Arjun wanted to know what is the difference between the tyaga and sannyasa, and Bhagavan made it very clear in a very simple term that karma phala tyaga is tyaga. When I have no desire for particular result from my action, that's tyaga. And when I have no sense of agency, I have no desire for desire-prompted actions, that's sannyasa. When I give up the desire-prompted action, it's sannyasa. And then it seemed like the Bhagavan is veering off on off-tangent on discussion about actions. It seemed like we had started the discourse on the sannyas and tyaga, but now we are talking about actions. So in the last three verses we have discussed, we have talked about what constitute actions. You see, there are five constituent parts of any action. Adhisthana, karta, then the organs of actions, and all the functions of all my organs of actions and perception, and then the presiding deity, the five elemental forces. This five has to come together for any action to come into existence. So if any one of them is missing, the action will not take place. So if the body is not there, there won't be any action. If ego is not there, there will not be any action also. So we have learned that action requires the five constituent parts. And now we'll be talking about what is the anatomy of action. 
So the question is why Bhagwan is moving from discussion on sannyas and tyaga into actions. We remember then chapter fourth, after learning Sankhya Yoga and after learning Karma Yoga, we talked of Knana Karma Sannyasa Yoga. This sannyasa from the actions is only possible by knowledge about who is the actor, who is the doer. Right now the sannyasa is not possible for me as long as I'm identified with the doer. If I think I am the doer, giving up action is not possible. Should I give up all the actions as it seems that action is the root cause of all my problems? Action may be appropriate or inappropriate. It gives either a good, bad or somewhere in between result. Why not I get out of completely and say, well, let me not act and therefore there won't be any consequences. By very nature that we are living entities, it's not possible. You learned that in previous chapters and even in this chapter. There is not even for a moment that we can stay without action. The signature of life is action. So as long as I'm alive, I'll be acting. So giving up action is not the solution. Then what is the solution? The solution is to renounce actions in knowledge. If I take ownership of my actions then I'm bound by my actions. It is more like filing bankruptcy. If I have a company and I have taken ownership of the company and I have did, did everything what is supposed to be done, then I end up with a huge debt. So what is my out from there? The American law says the only way you can get out of it is file for chapter 11 first. You file for chapter 11 says, let me reorganize myself. So. Everything I've done right now is null and void. Nobody can come. No creditor come and ask for anything for me. And if that doesn't work out, I can reconstitute myself. I file for a complete bank, I think chapter 17. At that point, I disown everything that I owned in that company. I'm no more responsible for the functioning of the company, nor for the assets. I'm not the owner of the assets. And I'm also not responsible for the debt. Now I'm completely free and clear from that. Therefore, we have the limited liability companies. We want to compartmentalize our responsibilities. So Bhagwan said, you can do this. You can file for bankruptcy in your actions. If you disown your actions, if you say, I am not the doer, then you're not responsible for any of our actions. If I realize that I'm not the doer, I, which I consider I right now, is actually the conditioned self, the conditioned ego that is identified with this body, mind, and intellect. And therefore, I'm responsible for it. So I think I'm a doer. Well, if you're a doer, then, as we have learned, out of the five constituent parts of the action, one is the karta, the doer. That doer is as much involved in the action as the other four. So Bhagwan said the only way to get out of it is to realize who the actor is, which is what the Gnana Karma Sanya. Am I the actor? I as an I without any superimposition on it. Superimposition is I am an architect. Well, that's a superimposition on I. I am a father, another superimposition. I am a brother, another superimposition. If I remove all the superimpositions, and what remains is I, is that I really is the doer. That is the I I'm concerned about. 
wants to be happy. So Bhagavan said that we need to understand what constitute actions. Then also, now we have to understand where our misunderstanding is. So from this previous verses, we have concluded this action belongs to Prakriti, the manifest world. We also learned in chapter 13, Kshetra Kshetra Gnavibhagya, Karya Karan Kartrutve Hetuhu Prakriti Uchyate. Prakriti is cause for the Karya and Karan, action and the cause of actions. Prakriti is cause. But Purusa Sukha Dukkhanam Bhoktrutve Hetuhu Uchyate. But Purusa is the enjoyer of Sukha and Dukkha. Prakriti, my nature, in the nature of the world of objects, creates this action. Because I have a vasana for singing, I go to music concert. So this is the interaction between the world of objects and my vasanas. They are all part of this prakriti. But I, the self, is not really involved in it. I, as an I, has no vasanas, no conditioning, and therefore it's not involved. If I fail to recognize, Bhagavan said, then you are the doer as an ego, you are fully involved and vested in that, and you will bear the results of it. Tatra evam sati kartaram atmanam kevalam tu yaha pasyati akrut buddhi whose buddhi is not trained in thinking finer points about what is right and what is wrong. What is reality and what is non-reality? Sa pasyati durmatehi. Such a person's mind is perverted. Perverted in a sense is not seeing the reality as it is and getting affected by the wrong notion of what reality is. Horse words, durmatehi akrut buddhi. Why these words are used? Because he says, because you are seeing tatrayam sati kartaram atmanam kevalam tuya who consider atma itself to the doer. One who sees that atma is the doer, he is wrong because he does not have the finer intellect to realize what is right and wrong. Also, he is, he is influenced by wrong mati, by wrong vasanas. So his mind is tilted, polluted by vasanas. His intellect is clouded and therefore he does not do who the doer is. Because we elaborately analyzed and came to the conclusion that the action is only taking place in the realm of the prakriti and the purusha is not involved at all. The universal purusha is not involved. We have used this example over and over again. The space in this room is not participating in any activity of this room, but because we are identifying it with the walls, floor and ceiling, it becomes a room space. Now it has all the qualities of this room. Height, length, breadth, it is air polluted in it, clean in it, light there, darkness. All that is associated with the room is actually the conditioning superimposed in the space which was always here is here and will always remain here. When you remove this building, the space will go back to its original condition, but it was unpolluted, pristine space. That space is not taking part in any of the activity of this room. The same way the self in me, which enables me to do all these activities, when it is seen as 
unconditioned is not taking any part in it. But it seems it's taking part because I'm identifying it with my mind, my intellect, and my body. Now I'm thinking that I, the conditioned self, is the only self and is the doer. So I wanted that notion is wrong and therefore we are suffering. So this verse clearly says you need to differentiate between who is the doer and who are you. Are you the conditioned self, the ego, or you are the unconditioned self, that which is imperishable, indestructible? Yasya na aham kruta bhavaha, buddhihi yasya na lipyate, hatva apisa iman lokan hanti na nibadhyate. So we are coming back to what we want to know. How should I act in this life? He said, you act as you have to, because once you understand that Yasya naham kruta bhavaha. Once you realize that I, the self, is not the doer, not taking any part in action. I'm just a saksi chaitanya. I'm just a witness. I'm just the enabler. Welfare check comes to the person who's receiving welfare. That check will enable that person to go and buy whatever necessities he has. What he buys is entirely up to that person. We have heard complaints about People on welfare use the welfare checks to go and buy beer or whatever the alcohol versus buying food. But because that is according to him, welfare department only sends you a check, enables you to buy things in your grocery store. After that, it's entirely up to you how you use that. This life in me is enabling me to act, but it's not taking part into what field I'm acting in. That comes from my vasanas, my mental makeup, my intellect, capabilities in my body. That's how I find my field. So Bhagavan said, Yasya na aham kruta bhavaha. One with his finer intellect came to the conclusion that I am not the doer. Such a person. Buddhihi yasya na lipyate. Whose intellect is not clouded by all the experiences of my life. So right now my buddhi is clouded by what I experienced before, pressing on my mind, that impression created what the reality is. So next time when I encounter the similar situation, I'll use that as a reference point and then act accordingly. Some people who start investing in one field, get successful in the first venture, he continues to do that and he has more positive attitude. Next guy who does the same thing but fails the very first time, he'll have a negative impression of what to do in that field. So, Bhagavan says your buddhi is right now plastered with all these impressions on your mind. But if I see through all these layers and realize what the reality is, that I, as I, is not the doer, hatva apisa iman lokan, back to your day-to-day life, in this case, Arjuna, even... If you kill all these people, the Iman Lokan means even the entire world. If you kill the entire world of people, because you have decided that I am not the doer. I am just a Saksi Chaitanya. There was this Uddhav Gita summary. He said when Yudhisthir was playing, why didn't you stop him? He said, well, he actually asked me to stay outside of it. So I could not come inside the hall. Therefore, I could not intervene. 
Draupadi said, well, she wanted to fed herself, so I couldn't help. When she gave up, I helped her. And in the end, so you are telling me that you are going to be just a Sakshi Chaitanya and you keep making me do all those sins and let me suffer all this time. He said, if you realize that I am there, will you be able to commit any sin? He said, no. But I am not recognizing his presence, therefore I can commit sin. So because I'm not recognizing that I is I is part of the Supreme Self, and therefore I'm continuing to do things which are not appropriate. But once I realized, whatever I'll do will be according to my nature, according to the duties of the whatever the role I take. And therefore he said, you're not bound by it. Na hanti na nibadhyate. That action is not considered as you're doing and therefore you're not bound by it. The result will come according to your action. There is no change in how the law of karma works just because I decided that I'm not the doer. But now because I have disowned that action, I'm not involved. Once I file bankruptcy in my company, no matter what happens to that company, I am not involved. We had a hotel project in Northern Virginia, uh, back in 2007-2008, and obviously because of the economy, we had to stop halfway. It is like 25 in the building is built, and then the financing never came, so we had to do exactly that. We didn't really file bankruptcy, but we told the contractor, we can pay your money, you can take the building. Guy took over the building. Now, once in a while, people call me up and say, Neil, I saw your hotel. I said, not my hotel anymore. I had nothing to do with that. It's still out there unfinished because my name was associated with it, drawings with my name on it. They call me up and say, Neil, we found this problem on your property. It's not my property. I have nothing to do with it. Let me give you the name of the current owner and you can go and file a complaint against him. Once I'm not the owner of that property, I have nothing to do with it. That property will go through exactly what the zoning laws and county laws and whatever the regulations are. But the bearer of the, that burden will be somebody else, not me. Bhagavan said, once you have given up your doership, you are not the bearer of that burden. You will be free. You are not bound and you are not responsible. The next verse, Gnanam Gneyam Parignata Trividaha Karma Chodinaha. So now, okay, we understood one thing. Action requires these five constituent parts. If one of them is doer, karta, that karta is what I can control. That karta right now, I think is I am the karta. But if I change that from I am the karta to this prakriti, my prakriti is the karta, my body, my mind, my intellect are the doer, then let the, my body, mind and intellect suffer, but I am not the sufferer. So say, now let's understand what propels me to act in this world. Gnanam Gneyam Parignata Trivida Karma Chodhana. The propeller of actions is threefold. It has three aspects. First is knowledge. Next is Gneyam, knowable. And then Parignata, the knower. The action comes together when there is a knowledge about the world of objects. And then knowable, it is something which I want to know. 
that I, the knower, is available for it. These are the impulses for any action. When I come to know something which is of my interest, I'll act in that field. Karanam karma karta iti trividah karma sangraha. But with the constitution of action is karanam, karma, and karta. Karanam, the equipment, action itself, the, the physical act of action, and karta in the doer. So these two has to align. The gnanam, gneyam, and parignata, the knowledge about the field of actions, then it is knowable that that field I'm, I'm interested in and I am available as the knower, then I have to have the equipment to act and then I become the doer. I have the sense of doership. I want to do it and I will do it. And when I do it, it becomes my action. And that's how this karma comes together. So we are in detailed discussion about analyzing karma. And Bhagavan has basically laid out a path because at some point, you have to realize who the karta is. We'll stop right here. Om Sarve Bhavantu Sukina Sarve Santu Niramayaha Sarve Bhadrani Pashyantu Ma Kaschit Dukkha Bhagbave Om Shantihi 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 Harihi Om Shri Guru Bhyo Namaha Harihi Om